0: Welcome to Biz Bevs and Bites in the Berg and Beyond podcast. Your hosts are Cindy Ellick and Kelly Commander. Each episode will feature a business topic along with the outstanding beverages or bites from purveyors in and around the Pittsburgh region. Kelly and Cindy strive to bring engaging and educational business content to their listeners while highlighting Pittsburgh's lively and exciting food and beverage scene. Reserve your table today to listen to the BizBevs and Bites podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon or at bizbevsbites.com. Pull up a chair and join Cindy and Kelly for the happiest hour with this episode of BizBevs and Bites.
1: Welcome to Biz, Bev's and Bites, a podcast hosted by two great friends who are entrepreneurs and business owners and self-proclaimed wine connoisseurs and foodies. Our goal for the podcast is twofold. First, serve up enlightening and educational business content from guests who love to share their tips and strategies to help other people succeed in business. And second, showcase the incredible food and beverage scene in and around the Pittsburgh region. I'm Cindy Ellick.
0: And hello, I'm Kelly Commander. Today, we are spending the happiest hour with Ingrid Thompson, podcast host of So You Want to Start a Business and author of So You Want to Start a Business, the seven-step guide to create, start, and grow your business. Ingrid Thompson is on a mission to help every business owner understand how money works in their business. She believes everyone deserves to be financially savvy. She also believes that when you truly understand how money works in your business, it changes your life completely and forever. Put simply, she changes lives by helping business owners demystify and solve their money questions. When you stabilize the financial side of your business, it goes a long way to creating financial safety for both you and your business. Let's get started. Welcome to the show, Ingrid.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I love when you hear your own bio. You go, oh, that's quite nice, isn't it? (laughs) Thank you. I'm impressive. (laughs) That's when you say, "I really know my stuff." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. For being with
0: us. Yes, for sure. Um, I think we just need to dive right in because we have so many questions for Ingrid and so many good things to talk about. Tell us a little bit, um, in addition to the bio, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in podcasting. Did it start from the book or did the book, was the book born through your podcasting? Just tell us a little bit about that background.
2: Well, the podcast came first. Um, I was on a, I was participating in a nine month accelerator. And one of the aspects of the accelerator was to build your profile. And I'd always um, had a pretty decent um, presence on LinkedIn um, and I was looking at other ways that I could write blogs and have a newsletter and I already had some of that going on. And this is about probably around 2014, 15, and I was listening to JLD, John Lee Jimas' Entrepreneur on Fire. And I used to go out for my walk every morning and I used to listen to his podcast and I thought, you know what, a podcast would be a really good way to have my profile because it was the early days of podcasting then. Podcasting had been around in sort of 2008, 2009, and it kind of dimmed away, but then with the iPhone and with the um, the um Macs, they'd sort of started to come back up into popularity. And I really liked his style about asking the same questions of the guests. And I thought if people, because I, I I was wanting to help people about understand what it was like to start a business. Because at the same time, so concurrently with that, this is a bit of a long-winded answer. Concurrently with that, I was running a community course helping people get ready to start a business. It was a six-week course and it was the plumber who was working in somebody else's plumbing business and they wanted to be their own plumber. It was the hairdresser who wanted to have their own hairdressing salon. But over the years, I've noticed that it was changing and it was the accountant who wanted to open a yoga studio or the hairdresser who wanted to actually be a florist and didn't, uh, so the policeman who, you know, wanted to, I had a fabulous policewoman um, who wanted to have organic vegetables and, and, you know, bake organic bread. And so they were wanting to start a business in an area they knew nothing about and they were coming from a corporate world. So I thought maybe a podcast would be a good way to raise my profile, help my ideal audience, and I could have some fun with it as well because it was a new thing for me to learn and I love learning new things. And so that's where it came from, and that's it's been going since 2015.
1: Congratulations on all of that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, yeah,
0: that's that's some stain power.
1: Six years. Yeah. If I'm doing math correctly, and I don't have an Excel spreadsheet open.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been it's been. There's some stories, and I'm sure we'll get to some of that as we Mm -hmm. go. But it's been it started in 2015, and we're still going strong. That's
0: wonderful. Congratulations on all that success.
2: Thank you. You're welcome. Did you ever
0: think that you would be sitting here six years later still running a podcast and being a guest on other folks' podcasts?
2: No, and that's not why I started. I did it because I wanted to bring the information. I never really thought about where it would go and what it would do in the long term. It was a way of saying, how can I help people who want to start a business to know more about what it will be like? told from the perspective of people who've done it wow and that's what we still do hmm.
0: yeah that is that's powerful and that's that's so helpful and that's part of mm-hmm. what Cindy and I are trying to do with our podcast is yeah. to have experienced people who can teach others you know as a sounding board of gee that happened to me too hmm. or you know no question is a dumb question so someone i'm sure there's going to be something you say today that will answer somebody's burning business question mm-hmm. about whether it's starting a business or about their money in business. It just it just makes sense.
2: Yeah,
0: Tell us, Ingrid, what do you love the best about being a podcast host? What is the most exciting part of it for you?
2: It's a good question. Um, I think there's a couple of things. I really love putting it all together. Um, there's so many bits to it in terms of um, I actually did an activity where in preparation for this, I looked at how many different pieces of software and, you know, different, um, yeah, software and other tools I have to use in order to create the podcast. So I love the, and the fact that they keep changing. So I have to keep making some changes to that. But I think what I truly love is the fact that it's an interview style. Now I chose an interview style deliberately because I didn't want to be the one that was just going to get on the podcast every week and go talk 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 and say something i have done some episodes like that and i've mixed it around a little bit um but i do love that i get to speak with people across the globe about their businesses and pretty much everybody says to me at the end of it oh my gosh that was such a fabulous conversation because people don't get the chance to talk about themselves really very often and to tell that story you know when we're a business person we you know we we've, we've got this persona we put forward and then when you come on a show like mine and I ask the questions that I ask and I love asking questions and I love listening to how people answer them I've been a facilitator I listen to other people's interviews I love the whole question and answer thing and um, I think I love that people get the chance to really go into what they've what they've experienced and felt as a business person and to feel like they're contributing to another generation of business owners mm so satisfying. And, I think, mm. mm-hmm.
1: and definitely like learning from others, I think is a really great way to learn as opposed to like opening up a textbook yeah. and reading yeah. something. Yeah. I, for, for me, you know, I, I learn better by listening to, to somebody you know, or having a conversation with somebody as a, or doing it hands-on as opposed to reading in a textbook like it just it doesn't sink in for me it's not doesn't doesn't that's not my style of learning
2: yeah and same here and I think what's lovely about what you're saying there is that you can you can read it in a textbook but when you hear someone bring it to life as a real example that's a little bit of the knowledge sticks when we read it in the textbook but then it comes to life when we hear it as an example. So I think everything builds on everything. You know, none of it's wasted, Mm -hmm. you know, read books, people, you know, go get the texts and and do that. Um, And then listen to things like this as well and read people's experiences. Mm -hmm. I think it all builds. Mm.
0: Yeah, I agree. Because I, for one, um, while I'm a big note taker and a big list maker, I cannot read instructions to save my life. If you hand me an instruction sheet of how to put something together I would rather just return it to the store. I just, I can't comprehend that. Whereas if you told me what to do and I took notes, I'd be fine. Isn't
2: that
0: interesting? Mm. Mm -hmm. And I pretty much learned
1: that's the same with me. I mean, I'm not to the extreme with the instructions, Cal, that you are, but definitely show show me, let me take notes, and then go away, let me do it. And if I have questions, I'll come back and ask you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and and so much of business is trial and error and I think one of the really powerful messages that comes from people's stories is that what worked 5 years ago what worked last week you know <laughs> it could all be different today so you know right. it, it it we do have to keep evolving and changing and making those adjustments for what's going on mm-hmm. some of the fundamentals are the same you know like the the numbers are the numbers 2 and 2 is 4 it's always going to be 4 mm-hmm. um but you know the way some of the parts of business work Um, the,
0: the mechanics of it does change. Sure. And then building upon that, when you said, you know, what you did five years ago doesn't work today necessarily, what kind of aha moments did you have in your podcasting business that you might have done five years ago? That now you look back and you say, oh my goodness, I would never do that again. Like what kind of ebbs and flows and changes have you experienced? Because technology changes all the time too. So that's obvious. But just in general, anything that you can think of that you think, wow, I can't believe I did that when I first started out.
2: Well, it, it's sort of answering your question and not really, but, um, my very first podcast was with somebody I knew really well and I had set my technology up. I had tested. I'd done everything. We got to the end of the conversation and afterwards I went to get the recording and it wasn't there and no. I couldn't work out what I'd done. And I contacted him. I was nearly, I was beside myself because, you know, I was so honored that he would give me the time. I mean, he, he he ran a successful business and for him to give 45 minutes of his time to, you know, answer the questions and he knew, he ran a podcast as well. So I will be forever grateful because he recorded it as well and so he sent me his recording. And so, Kelly, you said at the beginning of this, I need to remember to press the record button. I think that is the number one, the number one thing, like, do what you have to do. Put an elastic band around your wrist as tight as you possibly right. can. Tie one leg to the table so that you, whatever it is you have to do, press the record button, because that's if 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 you've gone to the effort of doing it and getting it, particularly an interview with somebody else, um, it's yeah. <laughs> Funnily oh. enough, the third interview I did, it wouldn't record either. So we used my guest's phone. It was face to face, and for some reason, I couldn't get my phone to record. So I my, recording is my number one thing of a heart. Uh-huh. You always just have to have backup plan two, backup plan mm-hmm. three, like record it in multiple places. Um, and I lost a podcast interview. Um, really, really, really good. Uh, I'm, and I'm so annoyed at myself. I don't know how it happened. Um, it was in Zoom and you get the period of time to download it and somehow I downloaded the wrong thing and I filed it and when I went back to get it, it was gone and I went back to Zoom. Oh it was gone they couldn't retrieve it so um like recording and make sure you've got your copy is particularly for somebody else's time and effort I mean you can always record yourself again you might not say it exactly the same way but you know um to honor and respect other people yeah that's my ahas mm-hmm. and lessons and yeah.
0: That is that is a good lesson, though. And at least yeah. in our instance with Cindy and I, we have each other to be able to say, mm-hmm. oh, you're not recording. Or, you know, to do this, like, you know, I can't hear you or something along those lines. You know, at least mm-hmm. we kind of have the backup and we have each other to lean on. So that's, wow. Yeah, that's sad. But that was excellent on his part that he thought <laughs> yeah. to record that. I know. because
2: he knew. I think the thing now is people are so much more... Um, uh zoom savvy so if you weren't recording i think the guest would likely go actually i can't see your recording you need to you know get mm-hmm. you know i think i i think those things are it's less likely but it could still happen and if you don't download it from where it is and you don't name it properly and you don't store it somewhere um it could also be gone so yeah that's my that's my biggest lessons there's been others but that's the biggest ones hmm.
1: all right so t- talking about the uh doing the podcast Ingrid do you do all your own production work or do you have somebody do that for you
2: I've tried both I've done it all myself I outsourced it to someone who was doing it and it just was never really quite right so I brought it back and then a friend said they would do it and then they actually didn't like doing it (laughs) she said is it okay if I give it back to you so I do it all myself again now and I and I know that there's lots of people who say don't but I do, and I do it for a couple of reasons. Um, I do it pretty much after I've done the recording, so I always leave loads of time after I've done an interview to put it together. But I also make three other episodes or two other episodes and I do my show notes and I do my mm-hmm. promotion for LinkedIn, for Facebook. I do the whole kit while it's in my head, while I'm in the zone of the interview. Whereas if I do right. it a few days later or if I give it to someone else, they're not in the zone of my interview. Mm-hmm. So I feel right. like that's why I do it myself. Yeah, It's mm-hmm. time consuming, but it's 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 something I love doing. So um, mm-hmm. that's why I do it.
1: Right. So you, you obviously block out time after the interview to do the whole post-production process yeah. of yeah. the editing and the show notes, et cetera. Yeah yeah Yeah, that's smart because like you said it is still fresh in in your mind
2: particularly because i want to be able to as well one of the things that i've started to do is have like a snippet episode so when i'm interviewing someone if they've said something particularly um interesting or helpful i like to take that few minutes out and turn that into its own episode um because people want a bite so there's three minutes instead of it Mm -hmm. being the 40 minutes it's three or four minutes and then Mm. that gives them a taste of that guest and they go oh I really like that I'm going to go listen to the
0: whole episode Mm -hmm. oh and that's true too that is a smart way to get Mm -hmm. folks to tune in to the longer episode is to give them that tidbit right as like a teaser basically yeah Yeah, to say Mm. you want to know more well here's the link to listen to the entire episode exactly that like you said was 30 40 minutes however long that was yeah Wow. That's some good advice too. That's something that we need to think about, Cindy. Uh, Anybody else who's out there putting on a podcast, any new, any newbie podcast folks. right? (laughs) Right.
1: uh, Ingrid, I listened to uh, the recording that you did with Kelly uh, a while back and then also the the snippet episode that you did as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed both of them and the the snippet, especially because it, like you said, it was kind of like that boiled down bite size nugget of here's the content and I loved how you t- spoke about Kelly's uh, topic that, that that she spoke about which was an uh, imposter, syndrome. imposter syndrome yeah yes and and just really um, you know it, it was just so, so well done and just I really enjoyed listening to it
2: thank you yeah that's something new yeah. that I've um, that I've been doing this in the last couple of months is picking out those so you know when I've got some spare time or when I if I look at some of their feedback about the podcast is to go back to maybe even older episodes, like right back at the beginning and pick out some of those. Um, yeah. Just right. take your time. Right. And, and that's a smart nuggets. thing.
0: Yeah. And that's a smart thing to do too, because you may have interviewed somebody four years ago that touched on a topic that you just interviewed another person about that you can kind of connect the two and say, There's some you energies. know, yeah. Yes. There's things that, that don't change in business and with people and with business owners and entrepreneurs, this is proven because here's a conversation I had in 2019 or whatever. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: So, so speaking about people who you've interviewed, Ingrid, who um, what are some of the favorite uh, questions that you like to ask whenever you're interviewing
2: somebody? Well, I, my favorite question of all is when did it feel real? Like when did the business feel real? So I I like to get the guests to start talking about what is their business? How do they describe it? Why, you know, why did they get a business? You know, that sort of introductory, let them introduce their own business. I do it in the intro as well, but I like them to talk about their own business. And then I do like to ask the question, when did it feel real? And and there's a lot of similarities sort of like when I got my first, um, Customer that I didn't know when I, but there's some really unique, unique answers. Uh, you know, when I got a board table, when I when I was able to buy a board table to to do things. Um, when my mother said, "Oh, it looks like you're in business," <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> yeah, Mum, I've been telling you for years. I've been running a business. <laughs> darling it looks like you've got a business somebody told me about you you know so there's some really fun answers for that for that question Mm -hmm. yeah but I do like to get people talking about money um and it's really interesting because it's something we don't talk about generally and maybe there's a generation coming that is going to be more comfortable talking about money because money's it's not a thing anymore it's just a You know, I I think there's something about money used to be a piece of paper and some coins and you handed them over and the different colours meant different things. I think something's happening electronically where that's different. Like when you pay for something electronically, it's it's a different transaction. So I wonder if there is a a generation or we're developing a, a thinking about money that's actually making a bit different and maybe making it easier to talk about money um so i do like to get to the money questions about how did you choose pricing how did you know it was going to be viable um, and get the guests talking about money and then i love at the end i always ask people sorry kelly i always ask people is there anything else you'd like to leave us with and sometimes i'm really in tears at the end because of what they say i don't know something just happens towards the end of the interview that it gets emotional um yeah Oh, that's
0: incredible. And and the whole money thing, and it's funny because here in the US, and I think we need to let you just explain a little bit as to where you are from and how you and I met, but we talked about for years off and on getting rid of the penny here in the United States, which is the one cent coin. They've been saying for years they're going to get rid of the penny. And I just don't understand a world without, you know, hundreds, fifties, twenties, tens. You know, it's money is, to me, even though I do everything electronically basically these days, it is a physical like you said, a piece of paper or a coin. And I think in addition to that, I'm kind of backtracking whenever you said about asking the question of you know, how do you determine pricing and things like that. That is one of the hardest things in business to do is to not only understand your own worth as a business owner and what you provide, but to relay that to customers Mm. and make them understand that you are worth what you're asking for. And that is so hard. So do you kind of coach people on that kind of thing? Like do you kind of talk people through it if you have a podcast episode with an individual who is like, oh, I don't know, I, I can't do that. I can't, you know, ask
2: people to pay me. Do you coach them through that in a way? I do. I do. But we start with the practical part first is like let's figure out what the pricing needs to be from a business perspective. Let's get let's get into the money fundamentals. So that you know how much the business costs, how much you want to make and so therefore you've got something to start with rather than saying, well, I'm going to charge $100 because everybody else charges $100. Is $100 the right price? That's that's not where I start. I start with the practical is like what is it going to be and then from there we build on. What is it worth to you? And the model I love to think about is what I call the hairdresser model. because You can go to the hairdresser and you can pay $20 for a snip, snip cut or you can pay $200 for a better cut and you probably get a cup of tea or something at the same time or you can pay $500 and you're the only person in the salon and you're the focus of attention and you get a cut that is to die for and everybody tells you how amazing you look. So you could still get that with the $20 version. But, you know, so when we're thinking about where we sit on the spectrum, why is it that some people will pay the $500 for that particular hairdresser? Why do we pay $20,000 for this handbag? Not that I've ever paid $20,000 for a handbag, but, you know, what? what is it? Ditto. <laughs> but, you know, so let, let's look at how that sort of value spectrum works and then how can we weave that back into um, what you do with your work? Do you think it's the marketing?
0: You know, just giving the example of the haircuts, you know, $20 haircut, $500 haircut or hairstyle, the $10,000 or $20,000 handbag. Is it the marketing that drives that name? Or is it just like a follow the leader kind of thing? You know, if your sister and your neighbor and your best friend all went to that stylist and you know they paid $500, does it matter? What well, the marketing behind that company is, or do you just go because they went?
2: Well, it does for some people, doesn't it? They're, they're, they're going to yeah. go. I was having a conversation with um, my podiatrist recently, and she was saying about how all her friends had designer handbags, and she said she almost bought one um, because everybody had one. And then she thought, "What do I need a designer handbag for? Where would I ever go with it? You know, like, why would I? You know?" She was quite practical, but not everyone's able to do that. It, you know, yeah. It's, but if you're sitting on the other side of it trying to sell your designer handbag, then understanding that perspective that people will do it because they want to. You know, I work with a lot of health professionals predominantly and people love going to Pilates and having individual sessions because they get individually treated everybody knows how expensive Pilates is. And so there's a status attached to being a Pilates person or having a private PT. So it's not unlike the hairdresser where there's a lot of status attached to being able to, it says who you are when you say, oh, I'm having my, my private Pilates session or I'm off to see my PT. Um, it's like that $500 hairdresser. So, you know, I, I see a lot of similarities across the service industries.
1: Kelly, I thought you had another question for Ingrid.
0: Sorry, (laughs) I thought you did. (laughs) Um, Go ahead.
1: I'm sorry. (laughs) Excuse me. So, Ingrid, tell us more about um, like the services that you provide to your clients, and are you dealing with primarily businesses that are based in Australia, where where you're at, where we're talking to you from, and or are they across the globe
2: across the globe i have um what's really lovely i'm based in sydney so sydney okay and it's morning here and it's afternoon even right. evening for you guys now isn't it mm-hmm. um but it is. there's a lovely window i'm an early bird so there's a lovely 3 or 4 hour window in my morning that matches beautifully with the us afternoon evening so i have a number of clients that i work with in the us Um, I have had clients in the UK, but that's not as easy there. And I certainly have clients here in Australia and New Zealand without time zones work. So my clients predominantly um, own businesses that are in the health and wellbeing or allied health sectors. And I can do a whole lot of different things with them because I've had a lot of business experience. But the thing I love the most is helping them solve some of the money questions. And it's... They they come with a problem that is around not being able to understand what's going on and I'm able to solve that for them and then they go off and they work with their accountant and their bookkeeper with a different level of confidence and then they come back to me with some topping up. But they, um, you know, they in, in most cases they are able to um, get their solution with me in a concentrated period of time and then they carry on. Okay. Yeah, rather well, than working with like, me for a long, long, long period of time. Mm.
1: Right. Okay. So is that uh, a few weeks or a couple months? De- from it a depends on how,
2: um, yeah. it depends on what condition they're in um, and how much they know, <laughs> how much they know right. about their numbers and how good their accountant and the bookkeeper is. Um, right. So it, for some people, I have worked with them for a long period of time. But quite mm-hmm. often it's three or four sessions, and I really mean three or four detailed sessions where we go through their accounts, their numbers together, um, and we look at what they're doing, we explain some of the reports, we check their pricing, we look at what they're doing, and they go, oh, is that it? And, yeah, that's it. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of the um, people in their own profession, whether it's the lawyers, the accountants, the insurance people they make it so complicated and yeah. you know once people get it and the thing is once you get it you get it and mm-hmm. you know it's not like facebook where the algorithms change and you know this week it's TikTok, and next week it's instagram and pinterest mm-hmm. and that you know when you get what a and looks like the profit and loss account looks like the revenues mm-hmm. at the top the expenses are there then you've got the the net profit and how much you're going to pay yourself And that's like, that's it. It doesn't change. It's the same five years ago. It's the same 500 years ago. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So when people get it- It's
1: it's black and white. It's
2: black and white. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I I have a client who's been working with me for four or five years and she comes back every year and we do her budget. And we look at her pricing and we look at her schedule and we look at how much she wants to pay her team. So it's a bit like being her financial, um, her CFO, Chief Financial Officer, but it's mm-hmm. a something I do one mm-hmm. day in, a year with her. And so then off she goes. And she has her bookkeeper doing the in, input and then the accountant doing the tax. So those people take care of that. But she can look at the information and know what she's right. looking at now that's pretty much right, how because I work as a business owner you yeah
1: right so as a business owner like you you do need to know your numbers you need to know you know what are you bringing in every month in, in revenue what are the expenses going out and you know have you thought about you know are you putting money away for taxes and those types of things yeah
2: and are you making so a profit are you making a profit mm-hmm. like how much profit do you want to make um you know when i had my very first ever job um it was i was working actually it was in one of those fast food chicken shops I can't even eat chicken now not because of that but because <laughs> I don't but um, my dad used to come pick me up at 10 o'clock at night and I used to work for three or four hours in the evenings and my mum said I was allowed to have a job and they would support me to do that so long as I saved a good portion of it and I had to make up my own mind what a good portion was and I now say to my clients we have a business You have a business and you're going to make a portion of profit and you decide how much profit you're going to make and then how much you're going to pay yourself. But it's super important to have a portion allocated to profit and paying yourself. PPP.
0: Yep. And it sounds like you are in the right line of business, Ingrid, because it sounds like your parents instilled smart money into you as a young girl that, they said you you know you're permitted to have a job because really parents can tell you no you can't work you know if you were 16 or 17 or whatever um, you can have a job but you have to determine what a good portion is to put away and I think that's a big problem I don't know about in Australia but in the United States people have a hard time saving yes it's it's like some kind of a crazy statistic and this was brought up a lot during when the pandemic started that I think it's I forget it's a huge percentage of people. If they lost their job, they could not survive past a three-month period. Is that right, Cindy? Have you read that? Like a th- It's like three months. It's like 70%, 80%. Even
1: that, be- because a-, a number of people in the United States live paycheck to paycheck, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they have the payday just- lenders, which actually lend money before payday. So you're actually not even living paycheck to paycheck. You're living right. payday lender to payday lender.
0: Yeah, and that there's they're very popular in this area too. I mean, you probably pass one of those paycheck places, I'd say, two or three in each town. Yeah. That are on the corner that you know will lend and, the, and you know it is good that they're there because there are people who probably need that money to buy food for their children or whatever but can you imagine what they're paying to get that money out like it's just yeah. and i think that having smart money habits does start as a very young person which sounds like is what happened with you
2: Kelly. i am so grateful i am so grateful to my training as a young person um, and I was, I'm also really grateful because my mum also sent me to a, a course for one day and it was a marvelous woman called Virginia Dowd who taught us about compound interest, which is that idea of if you start putting a little bit of money away, it grows by itself. It's called compound interest and it's magic. And the other thing she said was, most women are waiting for Prince Charming to come along on a, on a white stallion and whisk them away. She said, let me tell you, he's driving a clapped-out E.H. Holden and it's on higher purchase. Now, you can imagine what a clapped-out E.H. Holden is. <laughs> and, and and that stuck with me, you know. <laughs> yes, I've always been really independent about my money and, you uh, know, yeah. yeah. It's, it's and I think that's important for women it's very important for women important. because I'm so
0: grateful the that. generation yes the generation that my grandmother and grandfather were in because they've they've only passed less than a decade ago i was very lucky to have them as long as i did she didn't work ah. she you know she stayed home and took care of the house and all that other stuff and you know he went to work every day and then slowly as the generations evolved you know, now I'm a business, a two-time business owner now, whereas I could never imagine my mom and my grandma being business owners. Mm. My dad, my pap, yes. My dad, yes. Mm. So I think that that just comes with generational changes too. And like I said, just smart money habits.
2: Absolutely. Um, Mm.
0: Yeah. So back to a little bit about podcasting before we wrap up. (laughs) What? No, and, and I'm very interested in your business and what you do too. And I know Cindy is as well because we yes. had a discussion prior to to hopping on the call. But as a podcast host, if somebody came to you and said, Ingrid, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. What do you say to that? And that's a huge umbrella general question. <laughs> um, but you know, what are your best, and I don't even want to say tips, what are your best thoughts and ideas to give both people like Cindy and I, who are just starting out with podcasting and to people who may have been in it for two or three years and are kind of lost and stuck and don't know what to do.
2: I would say do it. Absolutely. Like (laughs) just (laughs) jump right in with both feet before you do that though. Like do a little bit of preparation. I'm a preparation girl. You know, I think when painting looks good on the wall, it's because somebody has done all the groundwork, you know, with the sugar soap and they've washed it down and they've got the right brushes and they've done the sanding and they've filled in the little holes. So painting a wall, well-painted well wall looks good because of the preparation. I would say about a podcast, do your preparation. I would figure out what they really like. What What sort of podcast do they want to have? So there's a few different ones. It could be interview. It could be, you know, um, talking head. Like what is, what is the format that you want and what's going to work best for you? And the other suggestion I would have is like maybe you just want to do a season because, you know, there's some really great podcasts around that are only 10 episodes or that are 15 episodes or that are seven episodes and they cover their topic and they live forever. And you can use that content over and over, you know, like what is your reason for having a podcast? I guess that's really the first question, you know, is like what do you want this content content to do? Like I knew it was about my profile, but it was really about helping people understand what it takes to get started in business. And so that's always been my driver for it. Now, I've, I've written the book, So You Want to Start a Business, And chapters of my book are read in the podcast. So, you know, episode number 70 is where it starts. And then there's three or four episodes to get through chapter one. And then there's a few episodes to get through chapter two. And so they've added to it as well. I've done my short snippet episodes as well. So you can kind of mix it up yourself. And I know some people have seasons. So they might have 10 episodes where they focus on money. They might have 10 episodes where they focus on marketing. They might have ten episodes where they focus on, um, you know, some other topic. If it's business related, do you actually know that the most popular podcasts are crime?
0: Oh, for sure. The Crime Pub for sure. So my daughter. Popular. Yep. My daughter and niece listen to these. They have t shirts. They have coffee mugs with the logos of the crime junkie and the, I forget what the other one is they listen to. She forced me to listen to su- some of them on the way to South Carolina this past spring. We went to vi- visit my niece. And I'll tell you what, it's some interesting stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah 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 and and I you think know, people like to get in that mindset
2: scientific i listened to one called um case zero and it was the first case of this particular whatever it was that had happened in a hospital and they had these other it was fascinating i've listened to it twice because it was so detailed um so yeah I, w- I would say for someone who's wanting to start a podcast it, it doesn't have to be business it could be about anything um, and, you know, you talked earlier about restaurants and food. You know, it could be so many episodes about tomatoes or vegetables and then episodes about wine. So, you know, think about how you want to do it. And whatever you do, it doesn't matter. You can always change it and do something else. Say this is I'm going to start the next season or, yeah.
0: All right. That is true. Mm-hmm. And the name can change. <laughs> so, you can
2: change your name. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah.
0: I don't know if we want to do that, though. We have such a beautiful logo. I, I don't think yeah, we're going to want to change our yeah. name. I love <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Colleen Mykoff, K2 Creative and PR. <laughs> Give a little <laughs> plug there. Little the plug. <laughs> <laughs> she did do a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Um, but to summarize that yeah, is I like,
2: mean, what do you want the podcast to do? Like, what what would you enjoy doing? Because it can become laborious if it's not something you're really loving. And You know, what is going to keep you sustained and how long do you want it to go on for? You know, there's somebody I listen to and I think they're up to episode 2,000 something. And, you know, like, do you want to create 2,000 episodes? You know, like, is that where you're headed? Or are you 20 episodes and that's your done? And then use those, use those to promote and do whatever it is that you're wanting to do.
0: That's awesome advice. That is. What do you think, send 2,000 episodes? Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We'll Easy bring peasy. Ingrid back. Yes. Every every 50 or so episodes, right. so like once a year or once every half year, we mm-hmm. got to bring Ingrid back on the show to give Absolutely. us pointers and tips.
1: Yes. <laughs> and,
0: and to dive deeper into the, the, the money topic. Yes, yes for sure. No. Can you think of Anything else that you feel is important just as a teacher, as a guide to the podcasting world, anybody who wants to know about podcasts?
2: They're going to be around forever. The the episode is there and you record it and you could think that it's going to be around forever, but you you can change it anytime you want like unless somebody has actually downloaded it and kept it separately, um, it, it can be changed and it can be adjusted and it can it can adjust to the world as it is and you can have shorter episodes or longer episodes. You can be excited. You can do video ones as well. I just think podcasting is a really delightful way of communicating with people. And there's something magic about having the sound of somebody's voice inside your ears. So whether you're, whether you're listening to it in the car as you're driving or whether it's on in the kitchen as you do something in the house or, you know, doing a jigsaw or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, um, the sound of someone's voice is very evocative in terms of creating relationships. So I think it's a, and it's a very safe medium if you don't want to have to do your hair and makeup and, get your glam on I love it
0: and most Americans are just in love with both the British and the Australian accents so I know that we will have a lot of listeners once this intro starts and they hear you speaking they're going to stay on and listen the entire time oh thank
2: you Uh, well good day from Sydney and see you later Here's the other one. I remember I was overseas once, the first time I went overseas and see you later. See ya is what we say when you're saying goodbye to someone. Um, and I said, see you later. And they said, no, no, we're not coming back. And I said, yeah, okay, see ya. They said, no. I, uh, and they wanted me to say goodbye, not see ya, because they thought see ya was sort of more, it, it's probably more colloquial generally now, mm-hmm. but certainly back then they were, they thought I was going to see them and I wasn't. So. I say to your guests, see ya. And I probably will see you somewhere.
0: <laughs> there you go. We should have had her do the opening and closing of the episode saying good day and see yeah. you later. <laughs> <laughs> Next day. time. Next time. She will sure. be back. Yes, yeah. yeah, She Thank will be back. Thank you so much. Yeah.
1: yeah. So Ingrid, before we go, we have three very important questions to ask you. So
0: are you ready For the 412.
2: I am. All right.
0: So let me just explain. This is how we kind of tie the food part um, of the Biz Bebs and Bites into the podcast. The 412 is the first area code in the Pittsburgh area. We've adapted and adopted other area codes with cell phone use and all that stuff. So now we have a 724. There might be another one out there somewhere. But 412 is like the original area code for the Pittsburgh area. And whenever we want to know about something, we will say to people, Give me the scoop, give me the 412.
2: Uh Yeah,
0: I know, that's crazy. So, we want to find out a little bit about your dinner table. So, we're going to ask you a four, a one, and a two. So, Ingrid, what are the four things you love to have in your salad?
2: I did wonder where the 412 question came from. And now I know. Okay. So the four must haves I would have in my salad is I love kale and kale slaw. I love that. Mm. Um, yeah, I love slaw made from kale. I love beetroot and beetroot can either be in the little beets or it can be sliced. Um, I love spicy sauerkraut. I think sauerkraut's so good for, it's so good for you for something. And I like the spicy mm. one. And I do love mushrooms. I think mushrooms always, um, yeah, I like mushrooms. And olive oil. I'm a, I know that's fine actually. I, I'm a simple olive oil
0: girl. Me too. Olive oil, yeah. salt
2: and pepper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was told I, I'm, I'm not allowed like to have so much salt. I, I, know. That's
0: I know. I'm intrigued by the spicy sauerkraut. Yeah. So that goes in a salad with kale, like a lettuce type salad? Yeah.
2: So I um, So the kale slaw has got, um, so it's got kale and it might have some little bits of um, a grated carrot and a little bit of. Um, we buy it in a bag. It's called kale slaw and it's got some bits of cabbage kind of really um, sliced up. And then the sauerkraut I buy in a in a, in a jar and it's the pickled um, kind of whatever they do to sauerkraut to make it into sauerkraut, but it's got chilli in it. And I just mix Ooh. some of that through. It just gives a bit of oomph to my salad, a bit of lift and a bit of space. Interesting.
1: Hmm. It's very interesting. So I yeah. wonder if that type of sauerkraut is available here in the United States. We will be looking for that. I'm sure yes. it is. Is, there, is. there a, a brand that, that you prefer?
2: Um, I think it's called Wildly Good or Goodness Wild or Wildly. I'll okay. send you. I'll take i I'll send you. Yeah. Okay. That'd be great. Well, so, for the one
1: of the 412, what is one food that you absolutely will not eat?
2: Well, for the longest time, I wouldn't eat octopus because they're so smart. Like, they can open jars mm-hmm. and they can do puzzles. And, but I actually don't eat animals. Like, I, I stopped okay. eating animals. So, but octopus, like, really, mm-hmm. because they're so super smart. Um, yeah. But animals, I'm, I'm not, I eat more of a vegetarian. But. Okay.
0: Very good, and finally the two. What are the two must-have toppings on your pizza?
2: Oh, cheese and anchovies. <laughs> I'm, si- I'm a simple. I'm a simple pizza girl. I love pizza, <laughs> and I love cheese. I'll have all the cheeses. Like when we go anywhere for pizza, I'm the four cheese girl. Like I whatever. I don't care what the combination is. Cheeses, and I do love anchovies. But most other people don't, so I don't have to have them. I need
0: to try them. I think I, I, I would like anchovies. them. It's salty. You like them. salt. They're just yeah. salty.
2: I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm guilty. I am guilty as a salt And I know I just contradicted person.
2: myself because I think anchovies are little fish, aren't they?
0: Yeah, but I think they're. it's different than like chicken or cow or mm-hmm. octopus, mm. I think. I don't know. I'll have to try them and, and they're see. They're very salty. Back. But you
2: don't need very much. Um, yeah. Right.
0: Less is more,
1: <laughs> an Toby.
2: <laughs> do you guys put pineapple on your pizzas? Yes, our oh, people do. Personally, yeah. no, <laughs> no, but personally, it's a big thing. I, I've just never tried
0: it. It's another thing I've never tried is pineapple on pizza. Now I have a niece that loves it. Yeah, um, it's very good. I probably would like it because I do enjoy pineapple, yeah. and I love like the sweet and salty and sweet and savory combination. Mm. So mm. it probably is pretty darn good.
2: Yeah, I grew up in Queensland, pineapple. and I always had. The, pineapple on pizza because Queensland has a lot of pineapples. It's like one of those tropical parts of the country that has pineapples. So it was always pizza, whereas I it just really doesn't... I can't imagine an Italian pizza in Italy having pineapple. Yeah,
0: I think it'd be might. good on a white pizza Ooh, with the olive oil and the garlic yeah. and like the cheese and stuff. I think that would be good on a white pizza. Yeah. And Even though I'm there's, funny there's, about white. I yeah. just want tomatoes. That's it. White pizza with tomatoes. <laughs> I love pizza. Everything always goes back to food yeah, all absolutely. the time, which is why we decided to end the podcast every episode talking about food because really it's the one language that everyone yeah. speaks. Yeah. And food brings people
2: together. It does. Yeah. And and the questions you've asked, the 412 is a clever way to tie in um, the Pittsburgh. You know, you've got to get the 412. Um, but also it, it's, it's a bit like my when was your business real question. It's yeah. probably gets a different answer from everyone. Yeah.
0: Yes. Hmm. Yes, we have. We've had guests that have answered things that we are like, you've never eaten that before. <laughs> like, how is that possible? That's like part of my staple of my food <laughs> groups. <laughs> <laughs> Ingrid, I cannot, and, and I speak for Cindy as well, and she will let you know that we cannot thank you enough for taking the time to be with us because it is pretty early. Well, not for you, but it's early there in Sydney. And it's almost bedtime for us here in Pittsburgh.
2: <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> no, my absolute pleasure. And if anybody um, wants to get in contact with me, I answer all my own emails, ingrid at healthynumbers.com.au. And um, yeah, happy to help you with your podcast questions.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And we'll oh, be yes. sure to share all of your information on our social sites and in the show notes and all that good stuff whenever the episode is live.
1: All right. Thank you very much for being on the show with us, Ingrid. We enjoyed the conversation.
2: Thanks.
0: Bye. All right. Take care. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Hi, it's Kelly Commander with K2 Creative and PR. Did you know that there are over 4 billion social media users worldwide and that 74% of Americans are active on at least one social media platform? Sure, you've heard that content is king, but most people don't know how to write effective content to be included in a public relations campaign. K2 Creative and PR has you covered for everything content related, from social media management to public relations campaigns and more. Visit k2creativellc.com for more information. K2 Creative and PR, we make your message matter.